0: Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a Private Practice Recap Podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 5, Episode 5, Step 1, written by Adele Lim and directed by Anne Keinberg. It aired on October 27, 2011. Enjoy! Today, we have a very special guest host on the pod. They get even more attached to fictional characters than I do, and exquisite taste in media coming
1: from that little brain. Please welcome our Amelia Scholar, Margot. Hello. Okay, dear listeners, I was very proud of Sam because there was like no retakes needed in that (laughs) intro, which if, uh, if you should know, we frequently have to do when we record because- Sam just forgets how to speak around me. I don't know what it is, but I know I trip
0: over my words. I, it's I not just
1: you. I do it with lots of people, but my brain sometimes does not get all the way to my mouth. Tripping and stumbling. It's the fictional characters bit every single yeah. time. The word fictional just kind of creeps up on you a little bit every it's single time, little, but that was yeah. good. That was good.
0: A little trippy. I was proud. Thank
1: you. Thank you
0: so much. Thank you, thank you. That I'll was be my here little here side tangent all week. for that, but
1: <laughs> You'll be here all week. Wow, I love oh, that for all you. Week.
0: So, dear listeners, we did try to record this about a month ago, but poor little Margot was recovering from the COVID. We got, like, 20 minutes in, and I was like, I'm gonna let you rest, and then
1: we're gonna redo it now. Because, yeah, I my brain fog was so, so terrible. I, like could not function and we couldn't even get the recording thing to work oh it was a disaster it it was truly not a great moment for either of us it was no. really going through it but we're back so let's just take
0: this yeah let's just take this as a time to say dear listeners even though you know the government doesn't think so we are still in a pandemic so mask vaccinate test please because even though the government says it's over you still don't want to get this thing
1: so no it was not fun please protect yourself and your
0: loved ones and people you don't know because real want to protect yeah all right so what are you reading and or watching right now
1: okay reading still not really doing a lot of that um that's fine gonna be entirely honest i mean i just had to read a uh lease document to sign a lease for a new apartment so that's what i've been reading (laughs) I had to read that and sign it in like a million different places but slay uh no but I haven't really been doing much reading I had intended to during my traveling but I got uh I got like two crochet projects done instead and was like watching tv instead so honestly yeah better I'm back in my crochet girl era where did you travel let us know I went to the beautiful New York City and I saw eight shows in five days and had just a ball of a time. I was just bus club, another club the whole time. Anybody who knows knows what like emotional turmoil I was going through the entire time. Four plays, four musicals. It was a great time. So worth it. I love the balance. Yes, I had to. I had to. I sat in the balcony for literally everything I saw except for one show, and that was because I got a rush ticket to the industry performance of Anne Juliet. But my friends who I was staying with were surprised that I was able to get like that they were selling or like rush tickets for that. They were like, Yeah, really? They were like, This is a, like an industry performance, and I was like, Well, tell that to today, today, ticks because <laughs> uh, I got an orchestra rush seat. Was it the actors' fun performance? No, it was just an added, they swapped their Sunday matinee with a Friday matinee instead because of the Tonys. Oh, so gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. it's like a loosely industry performance. It's mostly going to be like industry people because they're going to try and see it because they have no other time yeah. to see it. Yeah. So like, yeah. obviously there were like influencers I've seen on TikTok that were there. And I'm, I definitely know that there were like other performers and stuff there. And I was just sat there like, hey. how y'all doing like hey friends hey friends apparently they had it was one of their most energetic audiences that they've ever had they were like we were surprised because this is a friday matinee and that was a week with three two show days because of that so they were like this is insane
0: yeah i feel like people not in the industry don't understand how hectic tony season is because not only like are Tony voters
1: coming all the time? So like you have to be on. You have to be on. But, That's I yeah. saw I had one understudy slip for one show and it was a non-Tony's eligible show because it's yeah. a, Once Upon a One More Time, which is in previews. That's the <laughs> only show that I got an understudy slip for.
0: Yeah. And and then also like you're doing the Today show. You're doing whatever else, like the view, whatever is in your yeah. work. And and then on top of that, the week of the Tonys,
1: they're just, the schedule's all messed up. Bus club, another club, plane, another plane. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how my week felt, first of all. I was just nonstop. I know. I was watching your story, and I was like, how is this human being not,
0: like, emotionally wrecked? I was. Starting with parade was certainly a choice. That's a choice. Yeah, I would probably end with that.
1: Starting my week with parade, I was like, cool. excellent this is great i'm feeling really good i cried my eyes out. ride yeah my eyes out like wow i'm
0: glad it's finally getting the recognition it deserves because like there's an industry it's not really a joke an industry like thought process that like jrb musicals never get the praise that they deserve because, like, like when Kelly O'Hara won her Tony for The King and I, everyone was like, yeah, but this is for Bridges of Madison County.
1: Real. Yeah. Real. And, like,
0: so, like, all of his shows, I love his music. But for some reason, like, they just don't stay open for as long as they should or yeah. they're not critically acclaimed or, like, they're too niche to have, yeah. like, a big box office until – they marinate for a few years in, like, the public consciousness and, like, the theater hive mind and are, like... And then you get the right
1: people behind the project. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah, like, the, yeah. Right, the right creatives, the right casting, and then people are, like, wait a minute. Not that well, the original he... casting wasn't yeah. also he... correct, because I've worn the heck out of that recording. Oh, same. Like, I've listened to it front to back how many times? Like, Relentlessly, anything for Carolee Carmela. Sorry, like that. Truly, I mean that's mother, like that <laughs> is mother. so many moms.
0: It's you true. So many moms.
1: But like she is one of the mothers of musical theater. So you know, I've worn the heck out of it. But this revival, like wow, yeah, like truly wow. Did you have my pizza? Did you go to my pizza place? I didn't make it there. I had a lot to do, uh and also the air quality was rough. It was rough. Oh yeah,
0: you were there for a that few week, days yeah. there.
1: I mean, once it finally subsided, the air quality was better there than it was back at home. Oh, yeah, because it moves. Uh, Yeah, once it got down into the 40s, I was like, (laughs) pardonnez-moi. I could tell it was getting better when I would leave the subway station. It would just smell like dog shit instead of uh, fire. So I was like, okay, yeah, it's back to normal. It just smells like somebody ripped. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, they definitely did. Absolutely normal. Well, because it's Times Square. Getting off at the 49th Street station instead to preserve my sanity. It's a good choice. I had already gone to Mom's before, and we got big-ass drinks at Mom's (laughs) before that show. I'm so happy you went there. Well, my friends were like, we're going to Mom's. you want to come? Because they were going to the evening performance of Once Upon a One More Time, and I had gone to the matinee, and they currently have a deal where if you show your same-day tickets for the show, they'll give you a discount on your bill so that show only or any show just that show they have like a promo that's a good pair that's like it. a yeah that's it, it's very gay so it felt right yeah. um they didn't have their tickets because they got comps but uh, I still had my ticket so it got applied for <laughs> for all
0: of us I lived really close to there so I would go like if people were the coming one in to... Astoria oh no the one in hell's Kitchen.
1: Oh, okay. Because there's a Midtown and then there's Astoria, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I, I live near the one in Midtown. And um, I would always go or like if people were like, let's have dinner in like near your house. And I was like, I'm not going to Times Square. This is the farthest that I will go. <laughs> let's meet there. And everyone was always amazed. Their mac and cheese pancakes, amazing. They had these like fries that had like brisket and I had the buffalo mac and
1: cheese balls. They were so good. Mm they were mm, oh.
0: i'm so jealous
1: and i had the frosé it was so good it was so strong what did you see next uh it was uh my last show i saw thanksgiving play with uh darcy Cardin and scott foley and everybody yeah that was my show that night which was actually great to be tipsy for because it's so funny yeah oh my god it was so funny <laughs> i'm so glad i saw that show
0: can you tell us about mr uh, michael patrick thornton In a doll's house that you saw?
1: Yeah, I had to think of his real name for a second. (laughs) I was like, who? And then I was like, oh, yes. Okay, real government Got it.
0: Mr. Naomi Bennett. Mr. Doctor. Dr. Mister.
1: He's, what a great actor. And especially for such a small cast and a very, very minimalist production. Yeah. It really lets the performances and the text shine which I think is great. I love. Mm -hmm. And that text is very close to me because I've had to study it like quite a few times. And then in my final semester for my undergrad, I wrote a really big paper about Nora from a doll's house. So like, I've, I'm very familiar with that text. I was like, I was in the weeds with it. Like I was picking apart that text like thoroughly, but he was so great. Like, An incredible performance he had a lot of different delivery of some of the lines that like I had never really like considered before and like tonally it really added a lot of nuance to some of the scenes and his I don't know the his his chemistry the right word I guess with Jessica Chastain in their scenes was just like it was something really interesting for those characters and like I don't know. I really, really enjoy it. I was like enraptured by the whole production just the entire time. I was laser focused on it. Which one of my qualms with I don't know if it's the production itself or just the way that audiences are perceiving the production, but people are laughing a little bit too much at the play. Dear listeners,
0: if you if you don't know a doll's house, just like look up a quick summary and see why that's a little problematic.
1: <laughs> it's a little bit strange because I'm like I'm hearing some of the lines and, like, I know the text. I mean, yes, I've the the translation that they're using isn't the exact, like, one that I most recently read. So, like, some of the words are a little bit different, but the essence of what is being said is obviously the same. Which is what's fun about translation is that you get different perspectives from different translations. But people were laughing at some lines that I was like, that's not – I don't know if that's – the way that you're supposed to interpret that like i know maybe it's
0: nervous laughter
1: or like it didn't sound nervous though like it didn't sound nervous and i was just kind of my eyes were like kind of wide i was like a little shook by some people's <laughs> laughter at some of these things because i'm like they're not funny like i don't i don't really know what's going on here folks but i don't know it was really strange but i mean incredible performances by that entire cast like oh good Truly, I mean, it's a very small cast, but so good. Uh, Jessica Chastain, wow. Like, truly wow.
0: I was watching some of his, uh, Michael Patrick Thornton's, I was watching Dr. Fife's Instagram stories, and he was, he, like, took over the Tony Awards account or something. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how the production had made that theater accessible for him because...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: your listeners will know that Dr. Fife uses a wheelchair and so does the actor who plays Fife which I mean we love actual inclusion and oh what's the word I'm looking for
1: representation
0: yeah we love actual representation of wheelchair users playing yeah wheelchair users and yeah they're they made things wider that for his chair to fit through. They made uh like a like where you sit and go down the stairs, which doesn't it takes like a longer time than using the elevator that's also available, but it's like shorter, so sometimes he would use that and he just said like what an effort the production made to make it so that he had dignity in his work, which Yeah. We love to see it.
1: Which is great. And that theater is quite gorgeous. I'd never been into the hudson before
0: well it's brand new
1: it 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 felt a lot newer than a lot of other houses yeah this is very spiffy some other theaters can't say that can't say the same but
0: certainly not certainly not i got to see bernadette peters in concert here at the at the pasadena playhouse and she is wow my love. And it was incredibly special. Pasadena Playhouse won the Tony this year for regional theater. It was not shown in the broadcast, but neither were any of the production Tonys. So
1: just a little bit mad about that because, you know, <laughs> I have to share a tweet with you that I read that made me laugh about <laughs> the Tonys. I think I retweeted it because I was in travel back from New York when all of this was happening was okay. Okay. <laughs> It was imagine saying the phrase "The Tony Awards Act One" streaming live on Pluto TV to Elaine Stritch; she'd probably slap you.
0: Truly, and here's the thing: I didn't even know <laughs> that Act One was on Pluto, or I yeah. would have watched. Yeah, because last year when Act One was on Paramount Plus, I watched, and I was looking on Paramount Plus for it. Like, let us know. Like, if anyone yeah. should know, it's me. So, and how did I not know? Yeah. And then I got to see Transparent Musical at CTG hmm. in LA and it was so good. Was I loved it? the show when it was on Amazon Prime and this
1: is Is this an this, adaptation of that?
0: It's the same characters, but a very different story. So Interesting. it focuses more on Ali's character than Mora's character. Okay. But Mora's character is still like, you know, the protagonist? Mm. No, not Focus? definitely not. I don't know. It, it's still the um impetus. Uh, okay, is still okay. the impetus for everything that's happening, but okay. it focuses more on Ari's character and you know family history. And it's it's great. Peppermint was in it, and uh, Sarah Stiles, and okay. you know the incredible Zach Prince. So friend of the pod, Zach Prince.
1: I've met Sarah Stiles before. She's great.
0: Yeah, no, it was a really great show, and it was written by the same people who wrote Transparent.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. We love Peppermint. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we really do. Okay, head over heels, stands. There's like five of us, but... No, there's more than five of you. We're here.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I had a big week of theater, too. Not as big as yours, but...
1: The eight shows in five days that I did. Yeah, I saw two shows in four days. Do you have anything to promote? Not at the moment, except for, like, be careful and be safe. And also, happy Pride. Yeah, happy Pride, friends. What's your first note? Mine is similar to you, because I always get the fun intros on episodes. Uh, And by fun, I put that in quotation marks. (laughs) Um, Because they always choose something new to do in terms of cinematography whenever uh, I'm on an episode. So I know it's a lot of episodes like that, but like some really—it's always you, yeah, <laughs> yeah—always happen uh, when I'm on because they know I love to rant about their weird decisions when it comes to cinematography. You said something about the dizzying, spinning, spinning shots, and I—that's it, exactly that my was words. like pretty much what I said. Yeah, well, I have yeah. your notes open next to mine. Um, Aww, I feel so loved because mine are very light because I just chicken scratched like a few brain words down and that's what we're rolling with yeah that's my only first note because we went straight into Addison's it was straight in the plot line like they didn't really yeah. give us like a lot to work with before that which I guess is okay there's a lot happening at the moment in people's lives so they're like let's let's cut the intros let's uh <laughs> let's get down to business uh, to defeat the Huns I was about we to say that to and me, I figured you were gonna fill it in for me when so for sons. cannot reference anything disney or musical theater around this one because it will lead <laughs> into a sing-along speaking of ming na wen just got her star on the hollywood walk
0: of fame original mulan also an er that we love we love ming na wen yeah we yes i was
1: just about love. to say
0: miss jing may oh i love her i'm so happy for her
1: and the dress she that stuck. she wore i know she looked so good i think yeah. noah wiley was there oh Which is, like, my heart. Like, I just, like, Carter and Jing, like, ah, my heart. Yeah. Love, love. That made me very happy.
0: I'm still mad about her exit from that show, but that's for another podcast.
1: Yeah. I could do a whole rant about ER exits and rank them. (laughs) Carol's is the best. Thank you. Sorry. That's fair. That's fair. I
0: would just really love to say that I like hashtag science with Sarah's IVF description better than Addison's. Input jingle here. Science with Sarah.
1: do <laughs> <laughs> you laughed like you were so proud of yourself, that was very endearing. I love having a jingle. <laughs> it's great. I love that that's at your disposal. I think I it really embarrasses do. Sarah, but. You know what? It's a, it's a sign of love. Someone who is worthy of a jingle. Like, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so When funny.
0: Jake is getting ready to put the little needle in Addison's hip, she says, "Ugh, I miss Naomi. And I so relate to that. Being someone who, you know, does not have someone to live with that has opposing thumbs and is able to zip up a dress or, like, reach something on something or help out with a way that, you know, a bestie would be able to do. Obviously, I can call people to come help, but I, I just identified with that because Naomi totally would have inserted the needle into Addison's hip.
1: And it wouldn't have had to have been,
0: like, an awkward, like,
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah weird tension like that wasn't necessary but yeah you haven't lived until you've had to um suffer through dislocating your shoulders trying to zip up a dress by yourself so truly maybe you just need to experience a little life there
0: (laughs) that's kind of why all of my things are stretchy because I don't want to have to zip it up thankfully like I know some of my neighbors well enough to be able to be like please come help me (laughs)
1: Yeah, which I would do
0: the same for them.
1: Deeply humbling experience.
0: Yeah, it really is.
1: You're like, does does my body contort
0: this way? No, cool. Sure doesn't. Sure doesn't. Yeah, that was a painful, painful jab that he put into her hip. Also,
1: I don't love needles, so yeah. Oh, you've looked away. Uh, Not my favorite. And you might ask, well, you have a lot of tattoos. How does that work? It's different. (laughs) I yeah, don't even intramuscular like intravenous or anything like that like freaks the crap out of me so I can't that's okay Ooh, don't like it I've watched so many medical shows the only things I don't really love are like needles and then like eyeball things oh my god anything eyeballs near an eyeball Uh, it's uh that one arc in greys with the uh, Mark's girlfriend who's like the eye doctor there was like that one surgery or whatever you had to watch I like mm-hmm. I could not I had to look away. Freaks me out. What still gets me to this day is uh, I think it's like
0: it's early seasons and it's the little girl from the nanny who is grown up and they're in the bus accident at the school bus and her best friend gets the pencil in the eye. That is something. (gasps) Yeah.
1: can't Never leaves
0: my mind. Can't I. It's like
1: burned into my. Yeah. No. Like I see her. I know it's coming and I look away. At least, you know, it's coming at that point. You're like, okay. There are know, some pros
0: to watching a 20-season show over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and over,
1: and that is one of them. It, true. You're familiar with it, so you know when to turn away.
0: Yeah, like uh, when you hear the monologue for the shooting episode, I say, not day.
1: <laughs> I did not laugh, dear listeners, because that subject matter is inherently funny. I laughed because it's like- Relatable. The uncomfortable response. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So it's a set of episodes that I cannot watch.
0: I grew up in this hospital. It was my home. It was Absolutely my happy place. Not. She's in the in the bathroom. You see her feet under the towels.
1: Not the Meredith voice. <laughs> you, yeah. really, you, you really you really kind of killed that.
0: Thank you, thank you. Again, there are some pros to watching a heart destroying show over and over and over. The baby and, um, Meredith
1: impression. Oh, that got me. That was so good. Okay. (laughs) I loved that.
0: Addison crying to, uh, I think, Violet. She says, are you angry at me because you're yelling at me? (laughs) I don't like that 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 I'm laughing. Was that with
1: the donuts or was that –
0: When she's eating the donuts and Violet comes in and she's talking about how the people took her license away and now she can't help people. And yeah. I don't like that I'm laughing because of all the things we talked about with, you know, women hormones being the plot of a joke, but it does help that this was both written and directed by a woman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's like, and it's also like, it's a rational kind of, and it's also not that it's necessarily excusable, but it's also a product of the time as well. Cause that's like peak humor for like, This era. So, but I mean,
0: also, like, it's so relatable because you'll be just like out somewhere and you'll see like a little kid drop their helmet, and then another little kid goes and picks up the helmet and gives it back to them, and you start hysterically weeping, and you're like, oh, Oh, yeah. I know. I still when they... cry
1: at certain, like, random commercials out of nowhere. And I'm oh, like, why yeah. am I crying? Yeah, you're like, like wait,
0: I know exactly what, what week it is.
1: <laughs> or, like, a little, like, a TikTok comes up on my feed and, like, it's something unexpectedly emotional. And I'm like, why am I oh, stopping yeah. right now? Oh, yeah just getting blindsided by like a massive wave of emotions very real <laughs>
0: yeah but if anyone who is a cis man says something to you like no you're done you're, like, you're mm, totally canceled you don't get to say it. Done.
1: yeah you don't if like we can joke about it but yeah
0: yeah it's relatable to exactly kate walsh is really hilarious
1: in that scene very good very yeah. committed to the bit
0: Speaking of, at 17 minutes and 10 seconds, there's that gif of her being frustrated that is A like classic. everywhere. It's one of my faves. Maybe it's because like because of this podcast, I type Kate Walsh or Addison Montgomery, and that always comes up. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> so I so might funny. be extra Your Google search history is just very like filled with uh Kate Walsh
0: oh my gosh no one of mine today i was like i really hope my fbi agent is off the clock because i was like medical assisted suicide in washington medical yeah suicide like
1: in california you're like <laughs> checking your search history and they're like putting you on a list for something yeah something. it's like <laughs> please watch her <laughs> i know after i watch like certain shows or like documentaries or something like they're probably like looking at my search history and like we need to keep an eye out on that one. Exactly. Or it's just like me Googling random symptoms that I have because I'm convinced that I'm dying. All the time. The, they're like, this girl needs a good therapist. Oh my God. <laughs> is yeah, what they're at, but. Ooh. That's so fun. Not the yikes.
0: I know. I have, um, where is it? We're going to get to it later, but doh.wa.gov. I have a uh, quote from them because I was confused. Anyway, back to Addison. We're not to Michelle yet. Jake says avoid emotional triggers like Sam. (laughs) Addison. He is an emotional trigger. But here, I uh, have talked to death about how Addison should be finito. And yet here we are, season five, episode five, still in the thick of it.
1: Bro, I'm in the same boat as you, so... You're, I know, I'm preaching, preaching, to preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the
0: choir. Yeah, and I, I also know when I was talking about you know pandemic safety that I'm also preaching to the choir, but I just like to bring it up in case for some reason I can help one person avoid COVID, which would really avoid a lot of people avoiding COVID because, And in you know, the same
1: vein, you can uh, at least get one person to be against addis then you've done your job.
0: Truly, truly.
1: <laughs> if you can turn yeah. at least one person against addis your work is done here oh my gosh i was home for a while as we know
0: and my mom was like i know you really like charlotte but i still don't like charlotte and i was like mom it's mother's day you cannot make me mad at you
1: (laughs) mom it's mother's day you can't make me mad at you please i will not stand for this
0: charlotte slander ever no
1: yeah no we don't tolerate that
0: no not in this house
1: No, not in any house. Sorry. When
0: Jake says – or, yeah, when Jake says you're not going to make it unless you have people on your team, I really related to that because I feel like maybe part of the reason that I relate to Addison so much is because, like, she doesn't like to ask for help ever, and I also don't like to ask for help. Like, I was on set for a really long time yesterday And I had to ask someone to come take care of my dog, who is my cousin, Caitlin. Guest guest host, Caitlin. Um, So thanks, Caitlin. And it took a lot for me to be like, hi, could you please take a little bit of time and come visit this animal so that she can use the restroom? And like, I know that she was more than happy to do it, but still, it takes so much for me to ask people to do something. I'm also like having a little picnic party for my birthday. And I'm like, would you like... To come, and of course, like, everybody RSVP'd immediately, but I was like, they're not gonna want to come see
1: me, which is irrational. I feel that. I feel that so hard.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't like asking for help. I feel like Addison doesn't like asking for help, so. No, she
1: doesn't. Yeah. Because she feels like she's had to do a lot of things alone, and, like, she has. For a long time. When you've had that mindset and that, like, field of view for so long, It's, like, it's been perpetuated for so long that, like, it's in your head at that point that, like, when you actually have people in your corner, you're like, no, wait, what? About me. The about me section of Samantha Harris's life. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm in this tweet and I don't like it, actually. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Just at me next time. Yeah, just at me. That's
1: real. Yeah.
0: When Addison is in bed and Sam gets into bed and she says, Carlos, you have to leave. My boyfriend's going to be home soon. I laughed a big old laugh. And also just like to know, dear listeners, last episode, we talked a lot about the green sheets. I would like to say that these sheets are yellow, but maybe the green sheets are in the wash.
1: (laughs) Thank you for noticing the uh, colors of bed sheets. That's
0: what I'm here for, dear listeners. Somebody has
1: to do it. Yeah, yeah. Somebody has to do the hard work around here. And you said let it be me. I love that for you.
0: <laughs> when Sam says, I don't want to have another kid because I already got mine through. He was terrified every day when Maya was growing up. He doesn't know if he has it in him to do it again. I I get it. But at the same time, like Dr. Kathleen Fox says, it takes good people raising their babies right to make the world go around. And I feel like, you know, we're a little bit anti Sam sometimes on this podcast, but he I would much rather him raise a child than a lot of other people in the world. So they True. both want, you know, Addison and Sam both want this relationship both ways with the baby without a baby with me yeah. without Nay like without thinking that sam would be in this baby's life like does he think that he won't care for it if it isn't biologically his like care for it emotionally and physically right like he's probably going to watch that baby sometimes he's gonna drive that baby to you know soccer practice or a dance class i mean you can care for a baby without it being biologically yours
1: yeah people do it all the time yeah or maybe
0: just maybe he thinks that she won't actually be able to have this baby and doesn't want to break up with her for when she quote unquote big quote unquote gives up interesting thought that's what i'm you know
1: i've never really thought about this so extensively so it's kind of interesting to like expand on that's
0: where we're here at BHAB podcast yeah that's like kind of the
1: whole point of the thing there's certain plot lines i don't think about very often but that's just because i'm not an addison girly so I just kind of
0: I mean neither am I I'm not an Addis Sam girly I'm an Addison girly
1: correct well we knew that of course if we didn't
0: welcome to your first episode yeah I
1: was about to say you're new here (laughs) you're very (laughs) new here
0: do you have any more notes on Addie
1: not really I just uh, Kate Walsh was really good yeah we already kind of talked about that but she was like every time I watch her act I'm like you know what I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing because yeah. this is what you're meant to do. To this day. Correct.
0: Yeah. Addison wearing so many pearls in this episode, it's kind of like the Biddy Bot with a hormonal twist. That's just kind of what yeah. I thought. Yeah. It was interesting.
1: Costume It choice. was a little bit of like – compensation for something because i'm like this is a this is a lot of accessorizing happening here that part (laughs) need to feel like you have one part of your life put together so you kind of just like overdo it a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah relatable very relatable on to wes dear wes it's
0: schizophrenia hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and arrhythmia when he comes in and he says dr turner would like to see the painting She doesn't have a license, and I forgot where this was going, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. He's just, like, trying to see his doctor. Yeah. And Sam says, I know that you can't talk to him officially. And I said, Sam, stop it. Stop it, Sam. Let her not get in more trouble than she's already in. Like, the hole she's in is so
1: deep. Yeah. (laughs) The face you're making. I thought I had something to say, and then it just, nothing was coming out. So I just kind of stopped myself, and the face I made was, like, really dumb. So It's a beautiful face. Don't talk about my friend that way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My hair's really greasy. Look away. I love the audio medium. It's fine. (laughs) Right? I know. I have the face for radio. (laughs) i was waiting to make that joke so you know thank you not
0: true but i appreciate the
1: joke oh i appreciate it stop stop it don't make me dance (laughs) twirling my hair and kicking my feet like don't make me sing
0: don't stop don't
1: stop i would never (laughs) guys you're so crazy i would never
0: (laughs) that's gonna sound so good on 1.5 speed
1: oh absolutely (laughs)
0: stop <laughs> no, wait that's hilarious i listen to everything on 1.25 i used to listen on 1.5 but i feel like the 1.25 is a good like medium ground for me and 1.5 is well alvin and the chipmunks it is but for some things like some of the historical podcasts that i listen to where they oh just that's valid talk like talk? this
1: <laughs> you're like let's the- wrap it up let's <laughs> yeah
0: i'm like this doesn't actually need to be an hour this could be 30 minutes <laughs>
1: Like, we need the hustle of those, like, five-minute NPR shows that they do yeah. every day. Like, you need that kind of hustle. Exactly. Exactly. If they can condense that amount of information into five minutes, let's wrap it up. Exactly. Exactly. This could have been an email. Let's let's wrap it up.
0: <laughs> oh, this could have been an email. So when Wes is painting and Violet is talking to him and Sam and uh, Wes's mom are in the background, they're at the Venice Canals. That is one of my favorite spots. If you come to LA, you need to go do it. Parking is a little rough, but it is beautiful and very worth it.
1: Bold of you to assume I'd be parking in LA.
0: (laughs) Well, if you're going with someone not in a car share. That's fair. Yeah, just, uh, you know. I was like, why would I be driving? (laughs) Here at uh, BHAB Podcast, we have suggestions of where to park in Venice Beach. DM us if you uh, need help finding the
1: canals. That's really clutch i really you know i respect that i
0: tried to give you my favorite pizza place but somebody was like no too busy i could never
1: i was very busy it's your it's
0: your loss it's your loss i barely ate meals (laughs) i was running
1: around it's a story for
0: another podcast but okay 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 (laughs) violet giving wes his history to ground him to show who she is is so smart and then when he sticks her with that dagger of the real dr turner wouldn't have left me that is so real because she didn't want to leave him but it shows like oh right violet treats patients and like sometimes she does a good job of it yeah and for her to just have to stop cold turkey with patients who don't understand what's happening sometimes it's a way of thinking at it yeah
1: I like that it's showing like the broader effects of the circumstances and like just how much it's impacting like not only her but yeah. like how it's like adversely affecting her patients and exactly like exactly on more than just like a surface level I was like that's a really an interesting way of showing that
0: I'm really glad they did that because there's only so many times that
1: we can hear Violet
0: complain about not having her license. And I was honestly quite, <laughs> quite over that.
1: Yeah. Because if it's her complaining about it, we're like, okay, yawn, like we've been there, done that. But when it's showing the other people that it's impacting, it's like, okay, this is more compelling yeah, way yeah. of going about this. Exactly. Makes sense dramaturgically. Yes. In the words of Jeremy Strong. In the
0: words of Jeremy Strong.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, as soon as I, like, I was like, oh, I have to reference this. <laughs> Thank you. She says, if I can't sue, I'm going
0: to the press. And I was like, I I don't know if that's the way to go about it, Violet, but that's very in character for you. So thanks for staying. It
1: does feel very in character. So there yeah. is that. I'm going to write another book about it. <laughs>
0: I don't have to be a doctor anymore.
1: She's just going to be an author now. You said it, not me. <laughs> how many more how many more bridges are we gonna burn let's find out the limit does not exist (laughs) good good shout on that one thank you thank you you're welcome
0: we've been talking about pete post heart incident just being real mean all the time especially to violet and he's just totally made a turn and is being nice to violet again in this episode like we love to see it but what has this season even been for him like he's just been yeah you know a grinch in the corner and now he's like happy which is fine i understand that there are stages of grief but it like he verbalizes one time what he's actually afraid of which is lucas growing up without him or him dying before he can raise lucas and now he has just totally turned around but I loved when Violet said, "I'm glad you remember things you like about me." And then they hold their hand. I have two hearts next to it.
1: <laughs> you do have two hearts next to it. Yeah. Well, technically four because it's the double. It's like the two pink ones that it's are like two. Yeah. Four hearts. Yeah. It was. It's a very interesting shift because I did note that, and I was like, "Okay, what clicked?" Like. <laughs> Going from man has a near-death experience and just decides to rage at everyone, which like, I get it. It's like, it's not fair that yeah. you had to experience that, like, et cetera. But there were other ways to handle and process your feelings. Though. Yeah. Not that any of these people ever really process things well or healthily, I should say, because that wouldn't make a very interesting television show if they did. At least he's not being so annoying. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I can actually stand to listen to you right now.
0: Yeah, it was it was rough for the first couple episodes of this season, the peat of it all. Yeah. Do you have more notes about Wes?
1: Not really. That's fair. I Honestly, when
0: I tell you I did not write a lot of notes, I mean it. I know, I know. But this is going better than last time, so
1: we love that. Well, because my brain is actually functioning at a somewhat <laughs> normal level compared to last time where I was – like, could barely even remember my own name. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: We learned something new about Sam in this episode, that he has a sister named Corinne. Yes. So he says, Sam, Dr. Sam Bennett says to Wes's mother, my sister Corinne was a lot like Wes. One day she left and never came back. That was a long time ago, and we still don't know if she's dead or alive.
1: We got some lore.
0: Yeah, so... um just something to
1: remember. Keep that on the back burner.
0: Yeah, it's nice to learn something new
1: about a character we've known for five seasons. <laughs> that's nice. It's like, oh, we still don't know everything about you. Yep. You contain multitudes.
0: That further solidifies my theory that Addison is attracted to men who are surrounded by women in their family, now that we know that Sam has a sister.
1: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That really does add more fuel to your, your theory. Mm-hmm. Interessant. All right,
0: on to Michelle with Huntington's and respiratory distress. This is why you're here. Welcome, welcome, our Amelia Stellar. The rest
1: of it has been like absolutely like worth nothing. But intro that was I'm exposition. <laughs> that was exposition. That was all character development or something. I don't know. <laughs> we
0: know Michelle from before. Dear listeners, if you for some reason don't remember, this is Amelia's friend with the Huntington's gene that Amelia tried to lie and say, No, you totally don't have it. And then she was like, Wait, I probably shouldn't lie about this to my patient, who shouldn't be my patient. But again, we love Amelia. We don't
1: slander. But again, maybe just make some better choices. It was not the wisest decision. While it was an impossible decision, it was not a good one (laughs) yeah
0: yeah she says the younger the onset the faster they progress which i didn't know thank you private practice for educating eight minutes in pete is drinking more kombucha just like we talked about in our last episode he is a trendsetter and it is the same brand as last time
1: thank you for tracking the kombucha consumption
0: you're very welcome
1: who else is gonna do it nobody Somebody has to do these.
0: Uh, maybe Violet, maybe, but I feel well, heat tracks with the kombucha. The booch-booch.
1: Kombucha. There's only some kinds of kombucha I like. Sometimes it's too... Some of them taste like salad dressing. Yeah,
0: if it's too acidic, really not here for it. it's
1: like vinegary. I know. I like the
0: cayenne one for if I'm feeling like I'm starting to get sick. It really helps with that.
1: Interesting. There's like a guava one that my friend got me into that was tasty. Oh,
0: good. There is one. A new brand called Poppy, which is prebiotic soda. Really into it. I haven't tried the, like, Coke, Dr. Pepper, cherry cola type ones, but I've tried the more fruity ones, like cherry lime, raspberry rose. Like, very into those. Again, not a sponsor. There's
1: another one. I don't remember. Olipop. Uh, There's a strawberry vanilla one that is really good. Oh, good. Very tasty. I was like, ooh, this is, like, like an ice cream bar, but yeah, in a drink form. It was oh, that's very nice. tasty. That's very nice. I know. That's our beverage discussion. Yes.
0: When Amelia comes in and basically is like, so how did you help Jill Gray die? <laughs> Pete goes, first, when I tell you something, keep it to yourself, as she Completely outs how he helped Joel Gray. Also, Joel Gray was one of the winners of the Tony Lifetime Achievement Award along with John Kander. Again, not televised. Lifetime Achievement Award, I feel like, deserves to be televised. All right,
1: there we go. Like, why is it on Pluto TV? Like, be real for two seconds.
0: Even if it was on Pluto TV, like, let people know about it. Yeah. If I didn't
1: know about it, like me, if I didn't know about it, how does anyone know about it? Someone who is very plugged into that world doesn't know about it. How. Yeah. How it was poorly advertised. Yeah. Shame.
0: So this is going to be a season 18 gray spoiler. I put a quiz, not a quiz, a poll in our Instagram stories. And I was like, do you want spoiler alerts for season 18? Like season 19, while it was airing, obviously, yes, because I know we have some international listeners. Hello, friends that don't get this season while it's airing, and they have to wait until, I think, about now, which is great. Let us know how you're enjoying season 19.
1: Yeah, I think it just got put on Netflix or something like that.
0: Yeah, so, uh, but season 18, they did still want spoiler alerts, so here we are. Season 18, Gray spoiler. The time will be in the show notes. Here we go. Amelia says physician-assisted death is legal in Washington, Oregon, and more states. Then why did Owen get in so much trouble for helping all of those veterans? Well, dear listeners, I think I can tell you why. The Death with Dignity Act allows terminally ill adults seeking to end their life to request lethal doses of medication from medical and osteopathic physicians, These terminally ill patients must be Washington residents who have less than six months to live. So I couldn't help but wonder, are these veterans that Owen was trying to help, did they not live in Washington? Like, were they not residents? That's possible. Did they want to do it without all the paperwork? Because I do remember someone being like, please don't tell my wife that I'm trying to do this. But, like, the amount of
1: paperwork – Probably rightly yeah. so. That is needed for something. Could have traveled across state lines, or there's that stipulation that they have less than six months left to live. Their diagnosis, or like anything, like in a clinical sense, might not. Yeah. Qualify under that. Yeah. Also, that can be so subjective because somebody can be given a diagnosis and be like, they have a week left, and then they end up living for like years. Yeah. So that's uh, it's like not a good metric whatever. Okay.
0: Yeah, but anyway, dear <laughs> listeners, if I am forgetting
1: something, please let us know. Yeah, true. I haven't rewatched that plot line, so no I know me either like completely forgetting something.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you can come back now from our uh spoiler alert cuz I think we're done. Not much more to say about that.
1: Yeah.
0: At 13:17 when Amelia is in Pete's office and it's like framed on his office, like his desk and the little like shelves behind it and in front of it. Again, unknown what is on those shelves and Amelia steps into the frame and it is so perfectly balanced and still
1: it is so good she's standing he's sitting love that I always love contrast shots like that mm-hmm. they're so much more interesting to look at than like two people sitting at a like across from each other at like a table or something like that I love it's like the theater thing where you like like or dance like where you like levels. Yeah, yeah. They're good for the eyes. It adds something really interesting to look at.
0: It was also very interesting to me that they did just a wide shot and didn't do coverage on both actors. I am choosing to believe that that was intentional and not a time constraint because it was that like is, yeah. It was it was like we're having a conversation with these two people and it is not it's like almost a selfless conversation because they're talking about helping other people. As opposed to having coverage on one person explaining it and having it be, I'm not gonna say it more of a selfish conversation, but like it's not about these two people, so we're not focusing on one person at a time.
1: That is actually interesting thinking about it like that. I do actually like that idea if it's purposeful.
0: Yeah, like- I'm choosing to believe that it is because, you know, having been on set for. 12 hours yesterday
1: interesting a lot of times
0: unless there's children involved um they'll just keep you there (laughs) so (laughs) they'll keep you there sometimes like paying a little overtime uh the budget doesn't really
1: care (laughs) yeah i like listening to directors and things like talk about like shot selection and like things like i just find that so fascinating especially with like a lot of the prestige tv i've been watching it i'm very fortunate that there's a lot of behind the scenes content for all that stuff shout out to hbo but there's all like i just love listening to people talk about why they shoot things certain ways any of my succession watchers you'll know because Certain directors that worked on that production, like Mark Mylod, listening to them speak about it, like, I want to pick their brains so bad. Yes. Because you're yes. like, how do you see things in such a way that allows the camera to capture things exactly like the way that you're thinking? And especially since they shoot on film, like, I don't know how they were doing what they were doing half yeah. the time because film is a whole different ballgame yeah
0: dear listeners that's film versus digital
1: yeah film versus digital yeah. is like very you have less takes generally did you watch queen charlotte
0: no so that all six episodes i'm not a bridgerton girly Sorry. that's okay i i like enjoy bridgerton but what i really enjoy is actually queen charlotte george the third's wife and um i i Really enjoy Betsy Beers, obviously. And Tom Verica, obviously, dear listeners, if you know, you know I really enjoy Tom Verica's Those names sound
1: very familiar to this Hmm. particular podcast. (laughs) I wonder
0: why. So, again, I feel like just last week or whenever I was just talking about I really don't enjoy most official podcasts. But the Bridgerton podcast is obviously doing Queen Charlotte one right now. And they had Tom Verica on talking about his – you know, directorial choices with film or picking out locations that he did or certain shots, highly suggest that episode with Tom Verica. Good to know. In that scene with Pete and Sheldon, my guess is it's Sheldon. He says, take back your word before you ruin your life and your career. It's Pete. That's Pete. Pete says.
1: Yeah, it's still that same scene with Pete. Pete
0: says, "Take back your word before you ruin your life and your career." And Sheldon says, "About Amelia, I'm not her shrink. I'm not your father." And Pete says, "That's how you feel about your father because you've been spending a lot of time with her." Ooh, kind of jaw drop. (laughs) Leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So now we're in the part where Amelia and Michelle are. In the living room, getting ready for things, and Michelle gave Amelia an out, and she didn't take it. I've not noticed that before. Michelle says, "I don't want to get you in trouble," and Amelia says, "I don't want you to suffer." I've never noticed that Michelle kind of gave Amelia an out, and she didn't take it. I yeah. Uh, when Amelia, I don't know if
1: I remembered that specifically, but it does kind of make sense to kind of like emphasize amelia's commitment to be like you are giving me an out but like yeah i'm not gonna take it
0: yeah amelia adjusting the pillows so michelle is comfortable and the single tear on michelle's cheek really got me this time yeah so we always give content warnings in our show notes about when we talk about dying by suicide and everything but when they were really like in the text laying out the doses of what is needed I know that it's easily available on Google, but I wish they didn't lay out the steps in the dialogue. Like, I wish I understand that, like, it was showing that Amelia was being very, like, professional about it, for lack of a better word. I just wish that for, you know, national, international television available at all times to people who might be in a difficult place, I wish they didn't lay out the steps in the dialogue. That's a fair point. Yeah and i don't know if it
1: would have been laid out like that today that's what i was about to say i was feeling like that would have probably been maybe handled a little bit differently yeah currently through a current lens when Mm -hmm. did this air 20 october 27th 2011 okay i know you said it already but i forgot
0: no it's fine it was an hour ago (laughs) that's an hour ago yeah you're so right do they think that, like, the cops won't find the needle marks or maybe there won't be an autopsy because she can just attribute it to another medical thing? I don't know. But then 21 minutes in, there is classic Grey's music that I love. And Amelia says, if you see my dad, tell him I say hi, OK? And
1: Michelle says, maybe I'll fix him up with my mom. And I love that moment. That was such like a bestie kind of yeah moment
0: do you have anything about thus far to say with your chicken scratch
1: um no not really we've kind of addressed anything that i've like had thoughts on thus far oh okay um, i haven't had anything really extra at this point honestly if i'm being entirely honest this is not a through line that i rewatched very frequently that's fair because it's a lot like, yeah it's a lot yeah yeah. No,
0: that's that's fair. Just a little Sam-style moment. In the hospital, Amelia has a giant bag with a very short strap. Peak 2011 style. Also... That's very true. Amelia wearing her PJ pants just like Meredith does before they even know each other. Very meta-sister moment. Very. Like... I feel like Meredith would wear that exact outfit.
1: I will say Amelia in, like, her all dark clothes, like, emo Amelia era. Very personal to me. Oh, we're almost Well, at, like, beginning of the episode, she was wearing, like, all dark
0: clothes, too. True, but we're getting to, like, you know. Well, yeah. Black jeans and curly hair and... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not a spoiler because we know how this episode ends. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Sheldon saying that he would and should go to the cops is terrible. Don't do that, Sheldon. But maybe I was like, is he a mandated reporter? Which, again, does a mandated reporter still have to report if the person is not their
1: patient or student? That's intern? my thing because I'm, I mean, I've had to sit through a lot of things on mandated reporting, but I don't know what how it goes when the parties involved are like, not related to you not 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 your problem but that's not what yeah. i meant to say but i know what, what you mean. my brain um that's awful uh <laughs> when they're not it's not under the client patient whatever yeah interesting
0: the moment when amelia realizes that michelle is still alive is beautiful because she kind of comes out of her cave of sadness and has a little bit of hope that her friend will be okay, even just for a little bit.
1: Incredible acting, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. that Yeah. We're getting to just some incredible performances by Katerina Scorsone. So, like, yeah. Buckle up. But, yeah, if you thought that it was good here, then, like, you know, next couple episodes. Lord. Oh. When Amelia
0: discloses to Michelle that she also is struggling, she says, I know it doesn't compare to what you're going through, but I struggle, too, every day pills booze i'm branching out uh i like that she is being honest without trauma dumping saying like yeah i'll help you if you help me i like that that is put
1: in that way the way that she phrased it felt very realistic because when people talk about their struggles and the things that they're going through we always have a tendency to like minimize our own stuff because like Trauma and like the way that things impact people is so subjective because one thing that might be traumatic for one person might not affect another person in the same way. So, like, you think that in a degree one thing is worse than another thing, but really, if it has any sort of traumatic impact on you, it's still valid. Exactly. You are still going through something that is deeply traumatic to you. So, like, us as people, we in in a way to not like I don't know to not upset other people we tend to like minimize our own stuff and it's just such an interesting and like very human phenomenon so I kind of liked that that's how that was phrased because I was like oh that's actually like really really relevant and also she's still remaining really empathetic to like Michelle's situation
0: yeah it's very different from what Violet did to Charlotte last season
1: true oh my god yeah that's actually like a really good like antithesis to... yeah i was trying to think of the word antithesis i can't believe that came out but less here bless we are her sweet soul i was gonna say comparison antithesis is so much better ten dollar words there we go i like the word antithesis so
0: <laughs> we have a little listener mail here that i am inserting here because that's where it goes I know it seems a weird place to put listener mail, but one of my favorite TikTok accounts, Calm Down, Get Straight Kate on TikTok, messaged with a, uh, the content is very unhinged, so I'm not quite sure how to do it, how to uh, explain it. But it was this scene where Amelia discovers Michelle with an audio that is not this. And it's, again, a serious topic, but sometimes you just have to bring comedy out of, uh, trauma, tragedy. And I said, "Oh, like we're about to cover this on our podcast, on our episode." And Calm Down Get Straight Kate said, "I hope you bring up the cultural relevance of the Twilight universe." So I said, "I'm not familiar, but my guest host will be." I also was confused how the Twilight universe was incorporated into this very specific moment of television history and then I realized that Amelia says that she has a DVD of the second Twilight movie with the hot werewolves um so I am not familiar with Twilight I didn't read the books I have not seen the movies Science with Sarah and our dear friend of the pod Jade are upset with me about that um also probably sister pod host Abby and Brie would also be upset with me about my lack of Twilight knowledge, but please, dear Margot, Amelia Scholar, take away the Twilight universe.
1: Okay, now to say that I'm deeply educated in Twilight would be incorrect. Because you have to I'm be not. more than I am though. I am aware of how big it was at the time because it was like everything, everywhere. Like It wasn't for everything, me. Everything, everywhere, all at once? yes uh (laughs) but not at all (laughs) but not at all um because it just it wasn't for me at the time now it's for me in the sense that like it's kind of its own huge part of the cultural zeitgeist that like I can watch that with friends and appreciate it as a sort of camp classic rather than taking it seriously as like this is cinema because obviously it's not but (laughs) You know, it was such a big. Ba- it's such like, she said it's the second movie, right? I'm yeah. trying to remember when that came out. Excuse me. The first one was out in 2008, which the original Twilight has a 5.38 rating uh, on IMDb, in case you wanted to know that. Do you have that memorized or pulled up? No, it's pulled up. I have it right in front of me. Is New Moon the second one?
0: Uh, Twilight New Moon is 2009, so that would make sense.
1: Yeah, then which has a 4.8 <laughs> rating <laughs> on IMDb. Yeah, okay, yeah, it is New Moon. I can never remember the order of them because, uh, well... I've never watched them in a very like serious setting. Okay, so um, calm down, get straight, Kate. I'm sorry that we can't
0: quite talk about the uh, cultural significance of the Twilight movies, other than it is culturally significant.
1: Like it was, it was the moment. Yeah, feel free to send in um, more listener mail about that, and please don't flame me for not being an
0: avid. Um, also, movies, me. Yes. Also me. I know about
1: (laughs) a lot of other things, just not Twilight. Yeah, Twilight is not anything I was ever – because that was then on the verge of, like, the Hunger Games era. And that was more my jam because I actually liked those books. I've never actually read the Twilight books.
0: It was just, like, there were so – and there still are, but at the time there were so many book series being turned into movies that, like, I I just couldn't. I just couldn't watch I couldn't care about all of them and do all of it. Like, I just couldn't.
1: Yeah. And, like, the whole vampire werewolf thing was, like, never for me. It was never really, like, fascinating to me. And it still kind of isn't. That might
0: make you in trouble with our listenership, but... um,
1: I know. Okay. I do like vampire stuff if it's, like, what we do in the shadows. But that's, like... Because that's, like, my sense of humor. But... I know, I know, I'm gonna get flamed, but it's fine. Please be kind. Please be kind. I like watching them now, but like with friends. Like, I would love to do one of those things that like I've seen people do on TikTok, where they like start watching the first movie like early in the morning, and then like they go through the entire series of movies like together in like a whole day, like marathon it. That's
0: a lot of movies in one day.
1: But a decent amount of runtime, because it's it's five movies it's twilight new moon eclipse and then breaking dawn part 1 and 2 so that's five movies it would take about as long as it would take to watch like three lord of the rings movies so okay yeah yeah cuz lord of the rings movies are like 3 hours long like okay amelia
0: talking to the police officer saying i'll be fine even if she doesn't believe herself But the police officer believes her uh, when she's obviously not fine. Um, I don't know why he left her there other than for the point of plot.
1: It's very likely a plot device. I don't think anybody in like a real life situation like that would just like leave her alone. Yeah, be like, okay, bye. Like have fun dealing with the trauma of this situation. Yeah. By yourself. Is
0: he your guest star spotlight? No. Okay. So I just want to highlight that the actor who plays that police officer, his name is Greg Collins, and his IMDb is stacked.
1: Really? He has
0: 172 actor credits starting in
1: 1984. Dang. Starting in 84, and he has hundreds. Wow. Yeah,
0: 172. Um, He's just one of those people. Books
1: and busy. Truly. He was on True Blood,
0: speaking of vampires. <laughs> he had a long arc on Jane the Virgin, which is what I think I'm familiar with him with. But he's been on The Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless, all of the Law and Orders. He was on Boy Meets World, Criminal Minds as two different characters, Seinfeld, like a days of our lives you know lives. you've made it when
1: you've been on criminal minds as two different characters
0: i know i know um he was in ps i love you just falcon crest like cheers he cheers us two different characters wow that's another way he has a stacked career and greg collins more power to you even though you left amelia alone which you know
1: is not your fault that's not your fault that's a writer decision but mad shout out to greg yeah, yeah. I just wanted to highlight him has stayed I- booked and busy. Like, wow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. truly. Okay, yeah. You love to see it. No, that's a tangent. I appreciate because, gotta give people credit where credit is due.
0: Yeah, even though this was definitely an under five, so I hope that he made some bank from it. And yeah, again, right? um we are supporting our writers in the writer strike. And um, the actors who may or may not be striking, the SAG-AFTRA, um, sag, our screen, yeah, our, our screen actors who may or may not be striking. I uh, just want to point out that Greg, with our 172 credits, would have gotten residuals for this episode. Even if it was not a lot, he still would have gotten residuals because it aired on ABC. Now, if this show would have aired on something like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, he nor any of these other actors would have gotten any residuals um, for American airings. For international airings, it would have been minuscule. For instance, Orange is the New Black actors, no residuals, still had to work their normal jobs while they were filming that, which is not right. And they, I have an acquaintance who was in that show in a very substantial role for the first few seasons, and she got her residuals from Europe, and it was $2.79 for the first quarter of 2023. So we support the Writers Guild, we support SAG-AFTRA, and, uh, you know, we support unions in this house. Thank you. I am an Actors' Equity member.
1: We get so sidetracked.
0: I know anything about Amelia and Michelle. I only have one more.
1: No, once again, it's just like another thing that I'm like I don't love revisiting this just because it's it's so heavy, but it's everything is so well acted. Like. The performances around this era are just really something to be watched.
0: I have you on Season 5, Episode 8. Do you want me to not have you? Oh, no, I can do it. I would okay. love to talk about it. Yes, yeah. Okay, just making sure, because I don't want to... This
1: one I actually find harder to talk about, just because... It's tricky. ...the particular subject matter is just... It's it's really difficult. I mean, not yeah. that 508 isn't, but... Yeah,
0: yeah we just have you it's... back pretty soon.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's easier to rave about, like, the performances and like, yeah. things like
0: that. Yeah, Just want to say that Amelia, after me- her being my MVP last episode for being sober for three days, um, I just want to say that she was drinking wine while taking three pills. All right, now to slightly lighter topic, Cooper and Mason. Yeah. Do you have any first notes? Aw, baby Mason. Yeah, Charlotte is different once you get to know her. And Erica goes, no thanks. And I laugh. <laughs> I loved them fishing and Erica giving like time for them to chat. Mason is like, Are you my mom's boyfriend? Or like, are you dating my mom? And then Cooper is like, no. I kind of loved that. And then Mason goes, Her boyfriends are kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved Cooper juggling on the pier. That was a moment. Um, Erica was acting super sketchy behind
1: the door. I know. I love the emoji you put next to the Cooper juggling. Thank you. I did love him juggling. It's I mean, the, uh, very cute guy with the Good the thing is, he knows uh, how to like behave with kids because it's kind of his whole job. So this exactly. whole this whole thing is like, oh, okay. Better than it could have been. Yeah. A lot better than it could have been. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like very different from Mark Sloan meeting
1: Little Sloan. Little Sloan. So true. Sloan, Sloan. Sloan,
0: Sloan. Sloan, Sloan.
1: One of the most Um, unserious things I've ever
0: (laughs) witnessed. Erica was like, here are the ground rules. Your wife can never spend time with Mason. And Cooper was like, wait, wait, wait. He said, Charlotte is like a mama bear when threatened and growled loudly. (laughs) That's a good comparison. But also, none of them spend any time in nature. So I don't. Yeah,
1: it is a very apt comparison. But yeah cooper's eyes are gorgeous
0: in that light in their house i love all the natural light in this episode natural light i love natural light we have mason calling out cooper for being his dad so everything's out in the open now yep and then mason and cooper were sitting the same that that was one of the
1: things that i noted because i could tell that that was like purposeful just to like highlight like yeah that's your dad but like i love when they do like little visual nods and things like that because it's such a like a good directorial note i love that it's really cute
0: i'm gonna always call him mini cooper
1: mini cooper that's so cute on
0: to miscellaneous i don't know how lucas is tall enough to reach the doorknob already that doesn't feel right It doesn't. It doesn't. And so then I also said, "lol," that half the time we're like, "How is Lucas not older by now?" And then the other half of the time we're like, "No way, he's that old yet." It's time is. I think it's what because is, what is the
1: timeline in the Gray's universe,
0: though? That's like, the be- thing. We're so like sidestepped by how time moves in this world that we're like, "How is he not in college?" But also, why is he speaking and holding up his Why head? is he? You yeah. Know, like, you're so right it doesn't doesn't really yeah i think we're just we don't have the trust there not that we need to but violet says hey uncle sam how you doing it's weird to hear her call him uncle sam even though i know uncle
1: sam is so funny because i
0: yeah you know (laughs) uncle sam usa woohoo yeah and then violet says that baking is harder than medical school (laughs) funny did you notice any like Interesting walk-on appearances for extras in this episode, dear Marco. No, no, I did not. So um, Courtney Cox is a walk-on episode. Such an interesting walk-on. She's in, Coug- in Cougar Town at the time, um, and we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes when we get to trivia.
1: Wow.
0: At 23 minutes and 38 seconds, the shot changing from Wes's room to Amelia's entry into the ER with Michelle after the allergic minute is gorgeous and very well done, but also a little dizzying. And between that and the opening shot to the episode, it makes me wish that I didn't use the car sick rating a few episodes ago.
1: <laughs> That's so valid because now you're like this episode you're like, wait, but like I'm actually car sick. actually nauseous at the moment. <laughs> yeah, like literally sick. yeah.
0: 24 minutes and 40 seconds, the music hush as Amelia gets up yay and Kindberg. also the fact that like Amelia sits right next to Wes's mom and we have a shot of just the two of them good stuff and Amelia like sinks down into the seat the incorporation of the natural light in this episode is really beautiful and astounding and like at the door of Mason and Erica's house in Michelle's hospital room with like half of Amelia's face lit in the sunlight and then in Jake's office like I just love it all
1: really really good directorial choices that made this episode like look really nice like I love when an episode looks good not to say like for network television but sometimes network television gets really formulaic and they don't get super creative with like how things look so I appreciate when people get a little more quote-unquote artsy with things and kind of break from that like formula because i can't think of like a recent Grays episode or anything that like they made an effort to like make it look you know you're
0: forgetting about the all-in-one from this season the one shot in the first act maybe i
1: am forgetting about that because you uh, are i don't remember that
0: (laughs) your listeners fast forward if you have not watched season 19 it's after addison gets hit by gets hit like lol Addison like her finger gets the car. oh yeah
1: I forgot about that <laughs>
0: how could I forget about that yeah and then we follow Addison in she sits down her like shoulder is out Simone helps her then it goes it follows Bailey into the treatment room with Tia or whatever her name was from shameless and then it goes back to Addison and then we see Addison it's like the all-in-one
1: yeah I have not been very invested in this season so there is that that's probably why I forgot
0: that's okay. I I don't I, uh, I I need to pay attention to Grace for my sanity and happiness. So
1: yeah, I really got sidetracked with other shows that were not to say more worth my time, but they weren't disappointing me as flagrantly. So, oops, <laughs> that's fine. Different soapbox. That's okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're not even going to ask you about the uh, Chimelia. Moment. Yeah, we're not going to go not. there because you're going to
1: hear some words that are not safe for the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the ending lines of this season from Addison in therapy have been worrying to me um, earlier in the season. She says, for once in my life, I feel happy. And uh, our dear co-host, I believe I believe it was Melody, said, uh, I'm not going to be happy. And then this episode, she says, I had to learn to let myself hope. These ending lines are not boding well for the rest of season five.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. So I'm just, yeah.
0: <laughs> no one can be happy or hopeful in this universe.
1: No. Anytime that somebody starts to feel any sort of like good feeling, things immediately take a 180 degree turn. So <laughs> nothing good can ever happen to anyone in the Gray's universe. Not a one. Not a one person. Shout out to Shondaland. All you
0: experience is pain. (laughs) All the experience is pain. Viewers included. Of course. Sam's style is Violet's purple part tie-dye like almost Monet-esque shirt. There's a big mother of pearl necklace and the gorgeous curls in her short hair. Also I just want to note that asymmetric things were all the rage that year and they've incorporated it a lot in both this outfit of Violet's and Addison's gray suit dress with like the asymmetric neckline and they did it a, quite a bit with Naomi last season as well.
1: They were just having some fun with some of these moments. Yeah, it's a good costume minute. It is. Who's our guest star spotlight? Er, I chose uh for the character is uh... I believe her name is Karen cuz I already clicked away from her character's name. Yes, her name is Karen. Uh but the actress's name is Cynthia Stevenson because she is a Shondaland frequent flyer, very frequent flyer. Um she has credits for like a majority of Shondaland shows like Grey's Anatomy, Off the Map, Private Practice, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. Like she's like If you think that somebody has been in a lot of Shondaland shows, she might take the cake for like some of the most appearances in terms of how many Shondaland shows she's made it into. It's like deeply impressive to me.
0: So since you have it up and our Grey's Wiki trivia is lacking just a little bit, can you – they're lacking in trivia and they're really telling us every single thing about the storyline – Can you tell us about who she is on Grace?
1: Yes, I don't quite remember this episode, but it's season six, episode eleven, according to IMDb. She plays someone named Ruthie Carlin. So Ruthie, great name. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Wait, no, that sounds very familiar now. Yeah, I can't quite remember the episode off the top. I feel like if the storyline was like explained to me, I would like.
0: Oh. Oh no, I got it. Um okay, so she was this is the time where Teddy is like testing Christina about like how she treats patients. Yeah, okay. And so she's in for like a heart valve replacement and she's trying to figure out what valve to get and she's like pig or cow. Pig oh. or cow.
1: Oh my god, yes. Okay, wait, that makes so much sense
0: yeah oh notes and trivia is funny she's allergic to aspirin ibuprofen bananas zucchinis squash and latex and dust mites
1: thank you oh that is so funny that's there are also like
0: a lot of characters in this world named ruthie
1: wow yeah okay i'm seeing some of her other credits were also notable for me because she's in like one episode of uh six feet Under. So like I had mentioned earlier, I've been watching rewatching Six Feet Under. She has been on the L word. Like she has been on uh she was in Jennifer's Body. Some real classics in my book. Not for everybody, yeah. but classics in my book. No, uh, I say classics in general. Yeah. Like they yeah. may not be hits for everyone, but they are for me. So Yeah.
0: Thank you for our guest star spotlight. Season 5, Episode 5 Trivia. This episode scored 6.59 million viewers. Courtney Cox and Krista Miller made uncredited cameo appearances as part of a Cougar Town cameo appearance series. The Cougar Town cast made cameo appearances on other several other abc shows in order to let their audience see their faces on screen during cougar town's hiatus a little weird um but the show was very big at the time i remember that
1: Goofy. the pair walked
0: through their practice at about 16 minutes and 16 seconds and their colleague ian gomez appeared in Grey's anatomy episode love loss and legacy
1: interesting yeah certainly a marketing choice
0: very weird especially people who are so recognizable
1: like courtney cox popping up at the back of an episode and you're not expected to be at least slightly taken out of it like why for no reason is courtney cox just walking through here to not even like say anything like that's so like straight i feel like that would be really jarring for an audience because it's like very like you said very recognizable person. yeah quite quite random very public figure exactly
0: are you prepared to mumble on anything or you just feel like
1: I mean, I'm about to be back, so like I'm not going to I'm not going to take up too much of y'all's time. Like you're going to hear from me very soon. So Okay. And we're at a juncture where I'm like once again trying to like not spoil anything. Um but yeah. a lot of that is like coming soon. So Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: Um again, like the breadcrumbs have been left since the end of last season. So. Yeah. You kind of, like, even if you have not watched the show before, like, you kind of know where Amelia's headed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But as for, like, specifics, I'm just trying to, like, not say too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I appreciate that.
0: Ratings and MVPs. Who's your MVP?
1: I am a little bit at a loss for an MVP because nobody was, like, really sticking out to me in MVP territory. We're at a really difficult juncture for, like, a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe Addison, because she's, like, she's dealing with a lot right now. And she's, like, kind of taking it somewhat like a champ. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I was really struck. I didn't put it in the notes. But when Jake was, like, with the hormones coursing with your veins, like, of course, you're going to have some sort of reaction to all of these things.
1: That's really valid. I also
0: was struck for MVPs. So my MVP is the music because (laughs) it gave me classic Grey's feels for a classic Grey's type episode. And I really appreciated the music and how it was incorporated and brought in and out at certain times as we talked about before. So yeah, my MVP is the music.
1: We love music directors.
0: Yes. What's your rating?
1: That's another one that I'm like a little bit at a loss for because – I have. I wasn't able to find like enough of a through line to like really connect everything together. I feel like at the moment everybody kind of needs a hug. So perhaps that's my rating is that everybody needs a hug on the beach. That's good. Once everybody again. needs a hug on the beach. On the a beach. sandy hug because it has. To, I have to put on the beach at the end of it because what this is beach houses and babies and yes and there were no babies in this episode no there were no babies so we have to make some sort of reference to the beach to make it um fitting of course a valid valid episode
0: um my rating is a storm cloud coming in quick and there's no time to take cover oh true so cooper had no time to figure out how to answer the question when mason was quite simply are you my father
1: episode of maury real quick right there
0: Yeah, Pete and Sheldon didn't have time to figure out a way to help save Amelia from herself. Amelia didn't have time to help when Michelle had an allergic reaction. So yeah, that's my rating. Thank you for being here. That's really good. Thank you. Oh,
1: you're thank welcome. you for being here.
0: Oh, and the storm cloud is obviously on the beach because there's nowhere to take cover.
1: Well, yeah. Well, because you've got your whole blanket, uh, not blanket, towel, and everything like set up on the sand, and you've got all your stuff sprawled out. But the storm cloud comes rolling in. You don't have time to gather all your stuff before you get out of dodge and exactly run for cover. You don't have time for all that because the lightning's about to be striking and you don't want to be on the beach when the lightning's striking sure don't so real
0: thank you for joining us for this week's episode of beach houses and babies a private practice recap podcast please follow us on instagram at bhab podcast and be sure to subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify or anchor to be the first to hear future episodes you can find me at samantha g harris on all social media
1: You can find me nowhere.
0: If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing it with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show. And again, if we ever get a new one, we will read your review on the podcast. (laughs) You can also become a member of our Patreon community at patreon.com slash Podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 5, Episode 6. They are available to stream on Hulu and Amazon and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at BHAB or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Especially if you know Twilight, please help us.
1: Thanks for listening, BHAB Podcast. will be back in two weeks. T
0: G I T.